Camp, Camp, Radio. Radio. Camp Radio. Camp Radio. Camp Radio. Welcome to Camp Radio, Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. Thank you for joining us on Camp Radio. My name is Kevin Perichin. I'll be your host. We start a new series in missional strategy for the church in today's culture. Today we have with us Phil Young. He is the Director of Emissions at the Knox County Baptist Association in Knoxville, Tennessee. Phil, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Kevin. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, Phil, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee, where I'm serving uh, now as the Director of Missions. Grew up there, graduated from the University of Tennessee. So as you probably can imagine, I'm a big University of Tennessee volunteer fan. That's probably why you have orange shirt on and an orange mask. That's exactly right. <laughs> Checkerboard everywhere, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, big University of Tennessee fan. I'm married to Kim. We have three children, Ashley, who's married to Justin, and we have two wonderful grandchildren with them, Madison and Luke. Mm. Courtney, who is married to Aaron, and we have a brand new granddaughter with awesome. them. Uh, and then my son, Tyler who is engaged to be married in uh, June of next year to Emily. All right. So we are just a wonderful time and, and season in our life as far as our family is concerned right now. Yeah, great. Well, Phil, you know, it's, it's a privilege that you be able to uh, come and just spend some time with us to, and talk about some issues and things related to church. But, you know, I've known you for a long time when you worked for the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Right. So, so it's been it's been a, a pleasure to, to be your friend during these years. So I appreciate you being here. Well, tell us Thank a little you. bit about your, your journey and your, your calling to, to the ministry. Okay, yes. Um, my father was a Southern Baptist pastor uh, almost for 50 years of his life. So he was pastoring a local church when I was born, born in Johnson City, Tennessee. So I grew up in a very loving, nurturing Christian home where church was a very important part of our life. But I never imagined that I would ever be a pastor one day. I uh, was kind of had my sights set on becoming a pilot in the United States Air Force really? and maybe after that going into to politics, actually. Hmm. But it was while I was in the Air Force that I felt God's call and tug on my life uh, into vocational ministry. So I went to uh, went to seminary, graduated from the MDiv there, and began uh, pastoring local churches back in Knoxville, Tennessee. Pastored local churches in Tennessee and North Carolina for 20 years. Then I had the opportunity to go and serve at the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board hmm. uh, in the area of compassion ministries and then in the transition as one of the Harvest Field team leaders. While I was there, God opened the opportunity for me to come back and serve as the director of missions in the Knox County area. Mm. As we prayed through that, we truly felt that God was leading us back to work with the churches in Knox County that had had so much impact on my life growing up. My dad pastored in Knoxville and, uh, all of those churches, I can remember all of the opportunities being around those pastors, the different churches and the investment that they made in my life, the shaping that they had in my life. And when God opened the opportunity for us to come back and serve as the director of missions in Knoxville, work with those churches that had shaped and formed me so, so beautifully, I just really sensed that that's what God was leading me to do. So now I get to invest my life in the lives of these pastors, the leaders of these churches that have meant so much to me. Well, I know you do a great job there, and uh, so it's it's uh, it's nice that we're close enough, and I get to see you pretty often. Uh, 
since you're still connected with the uh, TBMB, still some. So uh, uh, I appreciate your ministry and especially all the work that you've done, because I know uh, I've served at, at a time in my life for the Knox County Association. And so uh, at uh, Camp Bayoka, that's yes, your associational absolutely. camp. So. I appreciate all the work that you're doing. Well, let's uh, let's kind of talk a little bit about ministry. You've been in the ministry for a while, so I'm sure you've seen changes. Ministry's changed a lot in the last 20 years. Oh, it sure has, Kevin. You know, I've been telling some folks recently that the span of time in which I've been alive, I've watched a very significant shift in mm-hmm. the life of our culture in relationship to the church. I can remember as a child growing up that there was almost no question asked about, are you going to go to church on Sunday? Most of the people that I grew up with, the families, there was an automatic answer to that. You know what it was? Yes, we're yeah, going to church. Right. Uh, people didn't even ask that question. And then we kind of transitioned into a time uh, where it was like, well, which church are we going to go to? And what I mean by that is there became more options in styles of churches, right. traditional churches, contemporary churches, whatever it might be. And people had seemed more of a choice. Mm-hmm. And they would be like, well, which church are we going to go to today? We began to see there the the shift of loyalty, if you will, or Mm -hmm. dedication to one church Mm -hmm. began to change. Then we moved into another transition, and the question became, are we going to go to church today? And I think we're there again. We've gone from, there was no no question that we were going to go to church. There was no question. The answer was an automatic yes. Mm -hmm. Then it was, well, what type of church are we going to go to? Now it's like, well, are we going to go? And they would make a decision based upon their priorities. Mm -hmm. But I think we're already back into a time in our culture to where the question is not even being asked again, but the answer is different. The question is not being asked, are we going to go to church? They're not even thinking about it. But the answer is not an automatic yes. The answer is an automatic no. 2016, there was a commission study for the Knox County area. And that study produced that only 19.26% of the population of Knox County in the heart of the Bible Belt said that they were identified and connected with a local Christian church on a regular basis. So I think that's what we see. We've seen a major shift in the life of the church today. Mm. And we cannot assume that people uh, have church on their mind, Mm. that they're waking up thinking if they're going to go to church, they're not. There's an entire uh, shift in our culture of people moving away from the church. And I believe with that, moving further away from God. Well, and that kind of plays into part of this missional strategy uh, that you uh, and the association has begun to develop uh, for reaching the churches in today's culture, right? That's exactly right. We kind of think that the church culture, if you will, or the culture that we're living in, it's been said that it more closely resembles A.D. 70 mm-hmm. than 1970. And in this opportunity that we have before us, a lot of people have kind of identified it as a post-Christian culture. And in this opportunity that's before us, we think, though, that the church can still be very effective. It has to maybe look a little different, but I think it can be very effective. And for that to happen, we're convinced that the church has to take on a missionary posture. One of my favorite sayings that I picked up is that it's not that the church has a mission, but that God's mission has a church. Mm -hmm. And if we will embrace that, we can see that there's still a great mission to be lived out. God's chosen his church to to carry that out, to live that out. Mm But it may look a lot different today than it did 20, 30, 40 years ago. I remember in seminary at Southwestern, we talked many times and prayed about a great waking across our country. And so we and we were at a different time and and within our economics and uh, our culture, very different than what it is today. And, and, you know, we had not I don't remember ever seeing such a shift that we've experienced uh, and, and I've heard that uh, uh, phrase uh, by many other people uh, at the Great Awakening. 
you know, and I think that crosses our mind. <clears throat> How can that come about? How can that start? And I think it's a critical that we pray for that God's uh, God's movement across uh, our nation, about through our world, and that by having a strategy within our heart, within our churches, then it's, we have a plan of how we can reach people. That's right, and that's really where we begin with this missional strategy that we believe is effective for the church and our culture today. Mm-hmm. The place that we begin is what we call being empowered by His Spirit. As we were thinking about this being a strategy, we understood that being empowered by His Spirit is not a strategy step, but it was without question our starting point. We have to start by turning our hearts to God in intentional prayer and a dedicated commitment to spiritual renewal. We believe that if the church will will turn our hearts toward Him in prayer, that God will pour His Spirit out upon His people and about our culture. And so we believe that, like I said, it's not a strategy step because being empowered by His Spirit's where it all begins. Right. But it is the starting point for us to try to encourage people who are identified as the church, the, mm. the ecclesia, the called out ones, the sent, the church, that people who are the, the church today need to pray for God to pour His Spirit out upon our, our land. Right. And I think that's uh, the strategy is within your starts your your association. You're encouraging your churches, uh, which what you have 150. We have 159. 59 churches within your association, and that's a beginning. It starts one church at a time, one person at a time. We have to have our heart right of where we're where God is leading us, and depend on Him as He guides us through a strategy and a way, or, and more than that, a willingness to be open and to His leadership. That's right. What we're asking each one of our churches in our network is that for us to understand that God wants to pour His Spirit out upon His people. So what we're asking every church in our network to do, it's very simple, but we're asking them if they would to launch at least one prayer group Mm -hmm. or even just a prayer couple, two people, that would come together and pray solely for spiritual awakening throughout our county or throughout our land. There's nothing, nothing wrong. In fact, I would encourage churches to have prayer groups for different things for the health of their members, for God's direction, all of those things that we as the body are called upon to pray and bear these burdens for one another. But we're saying, would you form one prayer team that is praying solely for spiritual awakening? Other prayer groups are praying for the other needs in the body, but this group is focused to pray solely for spiritual awakening in our land. We're asking them if they'll do that, then to take another step and to reach out and to form a prayer partnership with another church. Mm not just praying solely for spiritual awakening within their church, but to join hands, join hearts with another church, form an official partnership. Just say, hey, our church is going to pray with you, and we're going to pray solely for spiritual awakening. There's another important part of that. We're asking our churches, if they will, to pray publicly and corporately for Mm -hmm. other churches. We think it's important, and we think it will make an important uh, statement to God's people when the pastor or prayer leader stands up in the congregation at a worship service or another gathering, and they specifically pray for another church, Mm. breaking down some of the walls, maybe some of the barriers that we've erected over the years. And then just as all of that's coming together to say, just form a very intentional prayer strategy for your own church. We think that these are simple things that every church can do. They don't cost money. They they don't require resources, just really requires people to come together and to turn their hearts toward God and um, Pray solely for God to pour His Spirit out. It's not a difficult thing to do. Uh, every church should be, uh, well, every church has prayer warriors to begin with. Uh, so there's really is no reason why every church should not participate in that at the very beginning. And it should have already been participating in that. 
that right there, I think, is a reminder our pastors who are listening out there that to, if we're going to impact our, our community and our world, we have to start with prayer. Kevin, one of the things that we've done is we've put together a very simple prayer guide for spiritual awakening. And all we're doing is we've just made this small so that it would fit in someone's Bible. And we're asking them just to pray. There's about three major areas in which we're asking them to pray. And that is to pray for the people who are separated from God, people who are far from Him. And, then we're, and we've added a few scriptures to help support that. Then we're asking them to pray for believers, to pray for the church. And then we're asking them, if they will, to pray for spiritual awakening. It's just a small little prayer guide. We'd be glad to provide these to anyone that would want those. And they can just send us an email at info at kcab.org. And we would love to send them some of these little prayer guides. They can stick them in their Bible. They can use them for the prayer teams. It's just a very simple little guide to help us turn our hearts back to God. It's, uh, and also your website is, uh, tell us what that is. Yes, our website is www.kcab.org. And these resources are available there. You know, the great evangelist, Billy Graham, he said this, to get nations back on their feet, we must first get down on our knees. We think that's where we are in our culture today. And that's why being empowered by God's spirit is the starting place. Great. Well, we're going to continue our series, uh, Phil, uh, with this and and, uh, dealing with missional strategies for churches in today's culture. And that was just the very beginning. So I know that the next couple of podcasts or actually the next four podcasts will be dealing with more of these strategies. So, Phil, I appreciate you just coming and begin uh, sharing with us. Uh, also, I'd like to thank our listeners today to our podcast. If you're listening from iTunes, I ask that you leave a comment or just follow us. That will help others to listen to this great resource. We would love to hear from you if you have any questions for Phil uh, or additional information about uh, what he's talked about today uh, or what we do at TM Baptist Camps. Please send us an email at ccinfo at tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.